The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome to Onsite, an informative, easygoing podcast series about the trade industry. Brought to you by Trade Jobs NZ and the Spinoff Podcast Network. I'm Jay Reeve, and along with my co-host Brooke Sparky or Thompson, we'll take a good hard look at the ups, downs, and opportunities of a life on the tools. Subscribe now via your preferred podcast provider, and if you're ready for a career in the trades, visit tradejobsnz.co.nz. Welcome back to Onsite, and welcome back to my incredible co-host, uh, Brooke Sparky Girl Thompson. How are? I am great. Kia ora, guys. This is a very special episode, um, one that is very dear to my heart and very dear to a number of people's hearts. And we're joined by an incredible guest, uh, a big strapping bloke by the name of Raman Lee, and his role is within a company called an organisation called Mates in Construction. Welcome to the pod, Raman. It's great to have you with us, mate. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Uh, could, I guess we could just probably start by saying, what is Mates in Construction and why did it start? Okay, Mates in Construction, uh, originally uh, an Australian charity, uh, set up around 12 years ago, uh, where the BERT report basically identified a real problem in construction, um, basically identified that the main leading cause of death, premature death, uh, in the industry was not an accident, was not asbestosis or silicosis or a traffic accident or falling from height or tools or anything. It was, it was suicide. And so something needed to be done about it. And so a group of ac- academics got together, um, did some more research, and Mates and Construction was founded. And two years ago, um, just a little over two years ago, um, we set up uh, an independent New Zealand um, branch, or I, I suppose you could call it, of um, Mates and Construction. So we're an independent New Zealand charity, but we use the, the, the program developed in Australia. So what does that look like in a day-to-day basis for you? As a senior field officer, it's um, my responsibility to roll out three levels of training um, on uh, building sites from companies who are, are in partnership with us. So we're a, we're a charity. We rely on industry funding, uh, the big players in industry uh, that help fund us deliver to some of the small players as well. Uh, so for me, that's uh, rolling onto site, meeting the site managers and arranging to come on and do our general awareness training, a 45-minute sit-down PowerPoint presentation. Um, and then um, after that, we will return to do connector training, which is a four-hour 
training session where um, volunteers elect to become trained site representatives for suicide alertness. Mm. So the first part of the training is awareness. The second part of the training is alertness. And then we get one person in the company to do the assist training, the two-day paramedics course for, for suicide prevention. Once we have those three levels of training available on site, we believe that the site is incredibly more safe from the possibility of suicide. I guess the question that I've got to ask next is, why is the construction industry so bad? Like, I mean, if you're looking at all of those things that you're looking for in a vocation uh, where you get to hang out with your mates, you're doing something active, you're outside, you're breathing in fresh air, statistically, you're twice as likely to take your own life than any other vocation in existence. Why? How long have you got? Yeah, <laughs> mate, I've got half an hour. I've got half an hour. Okay, well, firstly, we must consider that New Zealand has a high suicide rate. Yes. We have a high Māori youth suicide rate internationally. It's one of the highest rates in the world. And we find a lot of young Māori on our sites and a lot of young Pacific Islanders as well. Um, but New Zealand has a high youth suicide rate yeah. and we've got a young, lot, of, lot of blokes, young blokes on site. Um, we have a high male suicide rate and on site we're 94% male in construction. Take teaching and nursing, for example, equally as stressful industries. Uh, but they're female-dominated, so we don't have the high suicide rates because three-quarters of suicides in New Zealand are male. So we first need to consider that the construction site suicide rate very much mirrors national stats when you do a breakdown of the age groups. Our leading age groups at 16% of our suicides are, are the 20 to 24-year-olds. So that's our apprentices, our labourers. Um, but once again, you know, that mirrors national stats. The second group, um, which is a spike in our data, is the 45 to sort of 50-year-olds. Um, they might be your site managers. Um, they, you know, they've got a lot of pressure as well. But also coincides with midlife crisis, relationship breakdown, um, health issues, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of factors that aren't specific to the construction industry that we need to consider first. Yeah. On top of that, we have factors which are specific to the industry. What are they? Well, um, everyone deals with relationship problems, everyone deals with financial issues, legal problems, child custody disputes, that sort of thing, pending unemployment. But when we talk to construction industry participants and when we ask them um, what life events or, or things um, cause them stress, we get a completely unique list which is then experienced on top of the list of our normal population. Things like... Um, the long working hours that we work. Um, and we work in difficult conditions. Um, you know, in, in my last five years as a chippy, you know, I worked in the rain, in the mud. I worked in incredibly smelly, incredibly dusty, incredibly dangerous, very noisy environments. So you, your, your body's kind of negatively stimulated, your senses anyway, which can lead to perhaps a, a propensity to be more susceptible to stress anyway. We drink a lot of piss in the industry. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's a big part of our culture. Mm. Uh, the one thing I um, noticed on site, and it was quite good as a young uh, bumbling apprentice, really, um, is that when you stuff up, you don't get hassled about it. You don't get teased about it. You don't get ribbed about it. You just hear one word. You're a box. <laughs> it's a box. <laughs> it's a box, boys. Yeah. And as long as you uh, get the box by the end of the day, you're fine. 
you know. Um, and you know, it's 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 a culture to mm. to have a few beers. I guess to bring you in, Brooke, as a as a person that's still working through your apprenticeship uh, and in trade in Sparkies, is it the same? I mean, it's I know it's if you're a chippy, it is that you drop so a scaffolding. I've worked on scaffolding as well. We you drop something, and all of a sudden, it's by the end of the day, I'm owing a half a pellet of piss, and that's uh, going to break me on my apprentice wage. Is it the same for you in the Sparky realm? And have you noticed a difference? since you are so new to it, that things could possibly be changing for the better and that culture is changing or maturing? Yeah, look, I've definitely had to buy a box of spades or two in my time. Uh, I uh, put my foot through a ceiling one day, so that was a <laughs> couple of boxes right there. But um, it is it is quite a cool industry how um, I do find that we're not getting ripped out as much anymore. It is that box of beer kind of like just pay your dues and carry on. Um, and we all make mistakes at the end of the day, so it's been pretty cool. But as as an apprentice, especially, I find that, um, you know, we're on low income. We are probably struggling to find our feet and our confidence in the industry. So as a mental health issue goes, you know, it's, it's a real struggle for apprentices. And we definitely need to keep our eye out on them because although as we get older, I think we get more tough mentally. I think um, when you're developing and finding your you, who you are and your self-image, I think that the people around you can really have an impact on that. So you're, you know, construction family, uh, you're there eight hours a day, nine hours a day, some longer. So you really need to um, have a good group of people around you to make sure that you're going to survive. I think one of the first things that, uh, that I always say to people, particularly when they get in touch and, and they say that they're having a rough time of it, is what is your drinking levels like? Because I've found that one of the easiest ways and the quickest ways to sort of get yourself out of the mud is to knock the piss on the head. Uh, but as you were saying, Ram, it, it is such an ingrained part of the culture within the construction industry that instead of possibly dealing with it and maybe having a conversation, you just try and wash it out of your body with alcohol. Do you have any of that resource that you pass to people on site? And what is the checklist that we can go through, like any site safe uh, operation, to figure out that we're possibly off the mark and how do we get better? Yeah, definitely. Um, and our, our case managers will definitely support uh, people by asking those sort of questions. When, when we identify someone who's you know needs some help, they get passed on to our case managers and um, they've got some very good um, phone numbers, very good um, counselling resources, um, and we'll definitely cover cover that topic with them. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with a few beers after work, no. of course, but um, if you're already under the stress and you've already got personal issues, it, it can't help. Um, so it's just one aspect. Quickly, some of the, the other things that we've identified in construction through our research, uh, a culture of bullying uh, has existed in New Zealand, about 41% of workers wow. you know, um, in all professions have experienced or, or seen it. And I think um, everyone understands that it's been a bit of a history of giving the young guys a bit of a hard time. Uh, apprentices get a bit of a hard time at it. And I think yeah, look it's for the left-handed screwdriver, go and ask for a long wait. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it's changing. I think it really is. Um, and I've, I've met a lot of site managers recently who have absolute zero tolerance for that sort of thing on their site. But there's, you know, it's a bit of a sort of a, a schoolboy culture, schoolyard culture at, at, at times. Well, everyone, everyone who's had it, wants the opportunity to pass it on. <laughs> and so that's why it's just a snake eating its own tail, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's passed down from the old fellas for sure. Male culture. Male culture is a big, a big part of it too, that, that toxic culture of masculinity that 
fact that it's it's not traditionally been an industry where it's cool to sit down and talk about your personal problems with your mates. Uh, so that's been identified as well. Uh, a lot of us are contractors. We work job to job, and if our company doesn't have a pipeline of work, they can leave you with weeks um, or months even where there's nothing on. You know, you you ask your boss, what's on next week? And he's oh, I actually got nothing on next week. Well, I have. I've got my, my, my mortgage payments are on and dinner's on. Mm. Um, so that, you know, that financial stress. Um, so you can see we're, we're, we're building a, a bit of a, a pile of of additional factors for, for our industry as well. Um, we touched on this um, with, with Genevieve in the last pod, Brooke, and it was – the fact that being a female on site, it makes you more susceptible to being possibly the mother of the site and being the confidant of the site. Have you uh, had any further thoughts in and around that and, and the role that women in construction have with changing these statistics? Yeah, um, that's such a good point because women have this emotional intelligence, I find, and um, they really do become like the mums of the site, which is really cool. And I think it will do great things for mental health because I feel extremely compassionate for men since I've entered the trades because they are forced to exist in such a small box and they aren't allowed to develop emotions or or speak about emotions or develop compassion because it is somehow weak. And that really bothers me because of no fault of their own, um, men develop a lot of mental health issues because of the environment that they're supposed to exist in. And I think that bringing women into the trades will do fantastic things for mental health and construction, just purely for the fact that, as I touched on earlier, women create a safe judgment-free zone where men feel like they can um, open up and talk about issues or things they've gone through uh, because they know that they're not going to get maybe as much shit as they would from the boys on site. Um, In my own personal experiences, you know, I've had guys tell me that they um, identify as gay, but no one else on site knows because they don't want anyone else to know because they're so scared of that judgment. So I think that only good things can come from having those conversations and having more women on site. I totally agree. Um, and the fact that we are a, fee, uh, a male-dominated industry is definitely a factor. Um, in my past employment in other fields, it was my empathetic female colleagues that spotted me having a bad day and, you know, you sit this one out, I'll, I'll, I'll get this for you. You know, you, you get a call and a, a mate's died or some catastrophe's happened and, and it's your empathetic female colleagues that notice that you're not, you're not good right now. Um, so I think definitely the more women we get on site, the better. And, and the industry needs to make the sites a little bit more uh, pleasant for females too. Um, I mean, you know, like if you've gone into some of the port on site, you know, it's it's pretty pretty <laughs> gross. I can imagine that a lot of sites are a pretty intimidating place for, for a, young, a young female tradie. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I've definitely come a long way because, um, obviously entering the trades world as a young, uh, female, there's obviously the potential for harassment and bullying to go on. So, um, it's really, you know, strengthened my mental health going through my apprenticeship, but there was definitely times where it's been shaky. And I've documented that on my Instagram because, um, I really wanted to be honest about what it's like to be an apprentice, especially as a woman. And, um, not everything, 
think is going to be roses. And when other tradies compare their lives to mine, I don't want them to feel like they are somehow uh, not doing enough because they're struggling mentally. We all struggle mentally. We're all going to go through patches of our lives that suck, that are going to be really hard. So um, I think the more honest we become and the more cool conversations we have like this, the better because people are going to totally normalize that struggling with your mental health is a completely human response to the society that we exist in. Is the, is the attitude of um, she'll be right, uh, stop being a sook, harden up your pussy, is that changing, do you think, on site? I think it is now. I mean, as a truck driver, I carried a, a little jar of concrete pills. Yes. Uh, they were they're actually um, called mints, but it said <laughs> C-mix concrete pills. And any time one of the boys have a bit of a moan, I was like, oh, yeah. you know, do you want to go home to mummy? Or listen, have one of these. Yeah. And harden up <laughs> and get back into it. Yeah, the, I mean, it, it's definitely been an attitude. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's changing. In the past two years where I've been working on um, on sites, uh, over 150 sites in the CBD alone, um, there's definitely, I, th- I think, a change mm. uh, that um, mental health is becoming a thing. It's becoming um, okay um, to put your hands up. And, um, yeah, I've been working with some of the companies. Now that everyone gets 10, um, hot, uh, 10 sick days, I've been working with some of my companies who are really interested in it and um, have to uh, highlight Hawkins um, as one company who are really strong on this. Um, let's let's put you know a few days aside as mental health days, and mm. you don't need a doctor certificate. You don't even need to say why you're taking them. Yeah, you can just call and say you know I'm I'm taking a day. Yeah, um, because we all sometimes need to sort out personal issues, financial issues, whatever um, things that are, are bringing us down and worrying us, stressing us, and sometimes a day off to sort some stuff. Or just, you know, go for a walk on the beach and clear your head or go fishing or play golf or whatever. You know, just being able to recognise that, yeah, I'm not too good at the moment. I need a bit of self-care. And being able to put your hand up and admit it. Yeah. I think particularly for men, as we get older, so your your highest number of friends that you'll have is in the latter years of your, your secondary schooling. And after that, your friend group declines. Whereas for females in particular, your friend group grows off the back of of high school, you would assume that being in construction and surrounded by all of your mates, that you would have a greater opportunity to have those conversations because you're surrounded by mates. And we know from research that men share when they're shoulder to shoulder as opposed to face to face. And that's generally how you're working. If I said to any of my mates who work in construction, hey, brother, can you can you come around and help me build a deck? I'm going to knock one up over the weekend. 100%. I've, I've got the, they've got the tools to do it and they've got the skills to do it. Do you think that we fall short because when it comes to helping out with mental health, we don't have the tools and we don't have the skills? So when someone comes to you and says, I'm having a wobble here, I'm not good upstairs, I've been having some pretty dark thoughts, can you help me? Because that's a scary, having been asked that a number of times, it's a confronting question to be asked. And where do you go from there? Exactly, and I think we've all been in those in those positions where um, we, we 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 think, well, what do I do? I, d- I don't know what to do. It's on me now. Yeah, if anything and, goes wrong, it's on me. Yeah, and as far as our attitude towards talking to suicide, um, avoiding the topic is is you know very common. So a big part of our training when we do our our safe talk training, which is international best practice. Um, 
suicide awareness training from Living Works in Canada, and that's the training that we use in our connector training. A huge part of that is how not to miss, how not to dismiss, and how not to avoid the topic of suicide when when it comes up, when it's noticed. So we give people concrete skills on how to listen, because listening's an enormous part of it. Sometimes just sitting down and lending someone an ear and just being there to listen um, can be incredibly therapeutic. Um, we don't really teach people to talk other people out of suicide. We just allow them to talk and talk themselves out of it. Um, and so we equip people with, with the skills to, to recognise someone who might be having those thoughts, to listen to them, and then to connect them to the right help and to gain their um, permission uh, and to enrol them in the help-seeking process, bringing in whānau, bringing in professionals, maybe a trip to the GP to access some free counselling, maybe using the EAP. Many companies have an employee assistance programme for which they pay, and the numbers on the wall by the fire extinguisher, and sometimes gets used about as often. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we we will highlight the fact that you know there is an EAP, there is an avenue there for for free counselling, free support. Um, so we're not asking anyone to become a counsellor mm. or solve anyone's problems. We're just asking them to be an ear, to look out for these people who may be having those thoughts, recognise the invitations, be an ear, and then pass them on to us. Uh, or to other help that's available. This is all great stuff, Raman. I'll just get you to hold there for a second. We'll take a short break and climb back into it in a minute. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Welcome back to the Onsite Podcast. This episode, joined by Raman Lee from Mates in Construction. Brooke, what do you do to make sure that your cup is full? And when you feel like things are getting on top of you, how how do you replenish the soul and bring you back to a place where you like to be flourishing as opposed to languishing? So one of the things that helped me a lot was I have actually done the Mates and Construction Connector course, um, which I felt it really benefited me and my understanding of how I can aid other people, especially to know where to get them in contact with. I think a lot of us are... Um, as you said, Jay, like a little bit unskilled as to what to do when someone's going through something tough. So I found that connector training course invaluable. And just to see the community there, everyone was from such different walks of life, but we all had a story of being connected with someone who had committed suicide. And we all wanted to make sure our community was doing better. And it was really, really um, heartwarming to see. Um, but for me personally, um, after COVID, I really struggled with my mental health. Um, during lockdown, I was just not in a good state and I definitely had depression. And when I came out of lockdown, I thought, cool, like life's going to go back to normal. I'll be sweet. I'll have no issues. And it just never went away. And um, I realized um, after being really honest with myself that I really needed counseling. So I was fortunate enough to receive 
free counselling through the Wakatipu Greatest Needs Trust here in Queenstown that was launched after we had a really high rate of suicides uh, during the COVID crisis, especially uh, specifically in Queenstown, which was really concerning. Um, And so through that counselling, I pretty much was able to rebuild myself and I was given skills and education so that whenever I go through another tough patch in life, I know exactly what I need to do. And that's why I think uh, counseling is so important because it gives you the tools so you can build your own mental health up forever. You're always going to have those tools. You're always going to have those skills. So we don't need to keep um, putting people through the same system, hoping to achieve different results. If you empower and educate people, then they can be self-sufficient and, um, and taking care of themselves. Um, but for me personally in Queenstown, the thing that fills my cup is other tradies. Just having conversations like this, people who are passionate about the industry, like it gives me so much hope for the future, just how incredible the people in our industry are and how much they care. There's so much change happening. So I'm just so impressed with everyone, especially Mates Construction, such a fantastic organization. Honestly, massive pat on the back to you. Um, I think we, I think the stat is that we have around 60,000 thoughts a day that rattle through our head and 80% of those thoughts are negative. So we have a negative bias to the way that we operate. And one of the things that really works well for me is that there's a, a thing called 21 Days of Gratitude where you either journal it, which is kind of easy. You can do it on site. You can put it into your phone or you can just wake up in the morning and say it. And it's three things that you're grateful for, for when you wake up in the morning and three things that you're grateful for uh, in the evening before you go to bed. And changing them up, it could be the relationships that you have or something that you achieved that day or something that you're looking forward to. But that literally over the space of 21 days chemically rewires your brain to having a positive disposition. And when I found out that that's the way that my brain works, that it's fighting me all day, every day, for 80% of the time, as soon as I got my head around that fact that I'm going toe-to-toe with myself every single day. And sometimes when you don't realize that your body is fighting itself, uh, when you get that understanding, it kind of has a little bit of a freeing effect. So I guess Brooke just touched on the fact that the COVID had a massive effect on her. Have you seen the same results? I know from my job, the number of people that contacted us saying that they were losing mates left, right and centre. Across the board, because I mean, this is these are specifics, across the board, have you noticed there has been an incline or a decline in the number of people that have been taking their lives uh, throughout the COVID, I guess, the last 24 months? It does take a while for stats to filter through. We've definitely noticed an increase in mental distress. A recent survey we did of tradies, Um, revealed three out of four respondents uh, felt that their mental health was worse since since the pandemic. Um, And internationally, it has been noted um, that there is an increase in mental distress due to the pandemic. Um, Interestingly enough, um, international stats show uh, no no increase Wow. uh, generally. There are a few places where it has. Um, In fact, in the initial stages of the pandemic, a small decrease was noted, which is usual in times of increased social cohesion. But what international mental health authorities are highlighting is that it is the medium and long-term effects of this which will show up in increased suicide statistics. Um, we've we've definitely seen an increase in the use of our line, the use of our case managers, and and you know mental distress, and we expect that that will filter through in the medium to long term um, 
into an increased suicide rate. But statistically, there's no evidence of that yet, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I guess are there comorbidity factors that play into that as well? So the if you are on site, you're feeling under the pump. Is there solace in the fact that everyone's in the same storm but just possibly different boats and that everyone can garner a little bit of collective woe and the fact that everyone's equally as fucked <laughs> for lack of a better term. Well, perhaps that's the increased social cohesion that was noticed in the in the statistics that that we are sort of all pulling together and, and, and there could be some positives from that possibly. How can tradies support each other? What is the best way to do it? What are the what are some of the tips that you could give uh, I guess Brooke that you've seen that work on site for you uh, in and around not only your profession but across the board? This is going to sound quite cheesy, but I think the the thoughtfulness for other people goes a long way. Like um, just simple things. Like I sometimes bring the boys baking on site and it's just those tiny things that mean so much. You know, shouting someone a coffee, um, you know, giving someone a hug. These are like very simple things that we can do to make sure that other people feel seen and valued. Um, something that my boss does that literally makes me so happy is after work every day, he goes, he looks me in the eye, he stops and he goes, hey, thank you so much for your help today. Like that is such an easy thing to do, but it makes me feel like I am not here for the money. I am here to help my team out to get the job done. So I feel like if we just stop and we take a break and we really see people as humans and not as workers, um, this will do great things for the mental health in our industry. Do you think that that happens on the on the bigger sites, Ram? And you'd know this on the bigger sites that people become a number as opposed to a person, and that number is just slowing you down from getting your job done or you haven't finished this so I can't get onto this and I'm under the pump here and do, do you see that aggravation because I know personally we're getting a house built at the moment and it's three months behind so the team's on it six days a week mm. and there's just no there's no no rest yeah definitely I'm, I'm some of my sites have you know two three four hundred people um on site and um and the site manager and the companies they do actually do a lot um uh, positive feedback being so important, um, definitely, as you mentioned, really important. But, you know, they, they'll do site events. It's become more difficult mm. over COVID. Um, you know, big feeds on site at the end of the week, um, you know, or a few drinks and that sort of thing has become more difficult during COVID. How do you carve out that time when you're already behind in schedule and running behind on the, on the, on the clock as it is to carve out that time to just go, here's a bit of decompression, everybody just take a breath for a second here? What's the you know is there is there a solution to that problem of losing so much time? Well, no, that's it's a big issue on site, definitely, particularly with um, you know, time frame pressures like you mentioned. And then we've got material shortages, we've got um, lack of manpower and woman power. It's it's definitely a big issue because, um, as we know in this industry, the most important thing is getting the job done, mm. and um, you know, n- nothing trumps that. If people do need uh, help, how do they best get in touch with you and the services that your mates in construction provide? Please, at any time, um, anyone connected with the construction industry, be it their family, whānau, um, can call our, our free helpline, 0800 111 315. 
Um, it's manned 24 hours and can connect you straight to our case management team if you require some assistance. Raman Lee from Mates in Construction, thank you so much for joining us. The, the insights were invaluable and the work that you and the team do is going a long way. I guess you could take solace in the fact that you are, uh, in a lot of cases, the reason why some people have their sons and daughters make it home from the site each day. So um, so keep up the good work. We need you and we, and we need more of these conversations to be happening. Uh, so I guess on behalf of Brooke and myself and the construction industry as a whole, thank you very much for, to you and your team for all of the, the hard mahi that you're doing. Thank you. It's been a, been a pleasure. Legend. Onsite is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Trade Jobs NZ. It's hosted by Jay Reeve and Brooke Thompson. Recorded, edited, mixed and mastered by T.I. Hebutler. With production by Matthew McCauley and series management by Jane Yee. If you're ready for a career in the trades, visit tradejobsnz.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, Tiai Hebutler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.